no education on breastfeeding at the time. Like I'd seen my sisters breastfeed and they were very successful. So I thought, you know, I wouldn't have any issue. And, and then that obviously that wasn't the case for myself, but I do, if I could change anything, it would have been educating myself prior to the babies because it would have helped tremendously. Yeah. I mean, our OBs don't push it. So as a new mom, you just don't know, like you don't know what you need to know. Hey mama, welcome to Tired Moms Club with Be My Breast Friend. My name is Kristen. I am the creator of Be My Breast Friend on Instagram and BeMyBreastFriend.com. I am a mom of the four, third time exclusive pumper and CLC. Join me for the duration of your pump session, whether you're sitting in a dark room during your middle of night pump, at work, traveling, or keeping baby occupied while you prep the next bottle. We are going to talk about all things lactation and more. Hang out with me while I share more insight behind some of my favorite pump reviews and breastfeeding products. You'll also be guests. I have made friends with some of the coolest people around. We will touch on lactation education to maternal nutrition, starting your little one on solids, and sometimes just some freestyle chit-chat with my breasties. So sit back, relax, do some of that fancy hammer to trigger a letdown, and turn me up. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Tired Moms Club with Be My Rest Friend and Allegra Gast from Aloha Nutrition. You have seen Allegra, you've heard Allegra um, in previous episodes where we've talked about maternal health and we went over my um, care stress analysis test and a service she offers, which we can definitely like get into. I can put quickly also into the show notes, but that is where you have seen and heard Allegra in the past, um, and here she is back again. But now we're kind of switching gears because we're going to talk about more of a personal perspective on our pregnancies. Both her and I are pregnant. She's pregnant with multiples. I've got a singleton, and we're going to chat all about getting prepared and in anticipation of our babies that whom are to come. So Allegra, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. That was a long-winded intro. I apologize. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so excited to be here again. Thank you for having me. I love your podcast and this is always so fun chatting with you. Um, But yeah, if you haven't listened to my other episodes, I'm Allegra Gass. I'm a registered dietitian and IBCLC lactation consultant. I have a virtual and in-person private practice called Aloha Nutrition, where I help moms with their um, and families with their breastfeeding journeys as well as their nutrition. I'm very passionate about postpartum nutrition and helping moms feel better. Um, and I am currently pregnant with twins. So I have um, a five, almost five-year-old, a two-and-a-half-year-old, and do any day now with twins. So um, we're going to be talking about, I guess, how I'm prepping and same with you, how we're going to be going into the postpartum period, right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize how close our kids were in age, honestly, because my, my multiples are five. And then um, we actually just celebrated my first singleton's half birthday. She's three and a half. Oh. And then I've got a one-year-old just over one. So okay. yeah, we're like, we're, we're like in the same boat, but the opposite, right? Like I've already got the singletons and then, well, I should say, I should not the say twins. that. I've already got my multiples oh. and then you've got your singletons and now you're having your multiples. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, it's a little bit of a switch up, but, um, but it sure is fun. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> we'll want to get into, um, I know you're pretty active in your Instagram and you share what you do on a personal level too, and how you're preparing for the babies. And I know you, and you've done this before with your prior, I, I, all of your kids, both of them, or have you done nesting parties for both or just the one? I just did my, uh, the first one I did was with my 
second baby. Um, and that was an idea my mom gave me because, um, we had just moved. I was 35 weeks. Um, we moved, it was COVID. I was feeling overwhelmed with just like all the, all the to do's. And my mom was like, you know, invite a few friends over to help you unpack at the nursery ready. And I was like, I was like, you know what? Why don't I just make this into a party? So I called it a nesting party because, you know, in the fourth, in the third trimester, you feel like you're nesting and getting your house put together. And so I called it a nesting party and I recorded basically what we did and put it on TikTok and it got almost 2 million views. And I feel like since then it's kind of becoming more of a thing. And I don't want to say that I like pioneered it, but maybe I did <laughs> because now <laughs> I support people doing it. And so I just had my second nesting party for these twins and it's so much fun. I mean, you just invite a few friends over and um, you can have food and music and just a good time. And then think about what tasks you want done. So like I needed help washing bottles and pump parts, as well as going through all my baby clothes and just kind of sorting the newborn zero to three months, three to six month clothing. Um, and then just even doing some like meals and meal prepping. And so I had four friends over and it was a good time. And they said they had more fun than like baby showers and like gender reveal parties they'd been to sometimes those can get awkward, but like at a nesting party, everyone has a task and, you know, it's always fun organizing someone else's house. <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> a lot to be said about that. Yeah, I do. It, I certainly agree that I enjoy helping someone else in their, in their environment than I do trying to clean up my own. So, but I've never heard of that before. You think you'll do one? <laughs> I don't have any friends. Yes, <laughs> so, <you do. laughs> well, all my friends are like on Zoom now, right? We're all like scattered about the country. So I don't yeah. really have anyone. Like I have, well, I have like my aunt, my mom, my sister. And uh, yeah, I would just invite the them, like family members. They're here all the time anyway. So every day is a nesting party around here. <laughs> my mom, everyone's always helping me with something. So I'm really fortunate for that. Um, but I, I've i never heard of that concept until you had shared it. I did not know it went viral on TikTok. That's pretty cool. I, I would call you the pioneer of the nesting party. I think that's fair. <laughs> Like when I went on to Pinterest, like I wanted to see, is it a concept? Like there was literally nothing on there. So I was just kind of like, all right, well, let's just see what I need done. And, you know, I, I'm more of a party person. And so just trying to think like, how can I mix baby shower, gender reveal, a blessing way and a nesting party kind of like all in one. So that's kind of like what I did. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. (laughs) That's really cool. I love, I love the idea. I think it's great. And I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of like, you know, bridal or baby showers. Like you said, it gets kind of awkward and you're there twiddling your thumbs and you're playing, uh-huh. in my opinion, I could, I don't want to offend anybody, but like you're playing these goofy games and this and that. And I would rather just have that one-on-one time, like being able to converse with you or help you. Cause I, at the end of the day, I want to know whatever I did for you at preparing for your baby or any like big milestone in your life. I want to help make an impact in it. I don't want to leave you with something. Now you got to wash. Maybe I can bring you like a set of bottles and something and, and a bottle brush and clean them for you and then leave you with them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it just seems more, impa- it just, it leaves more of an impact and it's certainly a hell of a lot more help. So 
I think yeah. that's really cool. And I will say for those that are like type A that, you know, quote unquote, like control freaks, like I totally get it. I feel like I would have been that way with my first baby, but I feel like with your second, third, fourth, whatever kid, you're just like, I just need help. So, you know, I kind of practice the 80, 20% rule, you know, have your friends or family members do 80% of the task, which could be just washing bottles or folding or sorting the clothes. And then you put your 20% touch, like actually organizing it the way that you want. But if they can even just do some of the work, like it just, it was, it's so nice. No, and it, that goes right back to like going to visit a new mom when baby's already here. Like they, you know, you always be like, don't offer to hold my baby, like offer to fold my laundry or like wash my pots and pans or like prep a meal for me. That that's where the help is actually beneficial. And so now you're just taking it like pre-baby. So it's just a step (laughs) backwards, but like in the right direction. So I think you've got it nailed down. You and my friend are the pioneer. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make life more simpler. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What else would you say have you done or doing um, to prepare? So meal prepping. So I know we'll have a meal train, but a meal train only really lasts like a week, maybe two weeks, three weeks max. And, you know, some days you don't have anything and you're not going to feel like cooking. And I don't know about like your husband, but my husband, I mean, he'll cook, but he doesn't love to do it. And uh, he doesn't always make the most nourishing meals. So what I've been doing lately is just double and triple batching my dinners and freezing it so that in the postpartum period, we can just reach for one of those freezer meals and put it on the stove, put it in the oven. And now we have a warm, nourishing meal for dinner that we didn't have to make from scratch. You know, I'm not spending time in the kitchen yet. I'm still able to focus on my nutrition because nutrition in the postpartum period is crucial. I mean, I cannot talk about it enough. Like you need to be eating breakfast, lunch, snacks, dinner, and really focusing on protein and like warm food, soups and stews. And so I've been doing a lot of that and people have different approaches of meal prepping. Like you could either spend four hours or, you know, a couple hours on the Sunday and just make a bunch of meals. I prefer to just make dinner, but make double, triple portions of it and then just freeze the leftovers. But it's kind of like up to you what you want to do. But either way, I highly recommend making meals. Um, So my goal is to have at least three to four weeks worth of meals. Um, So I'm about one and a half, almost two weeks worth of meals. So I've got some casseroles, enchiladas, different soups, bone broth um, that I can sip on. Um, so yeah, we ended up buying a deep freezer, which was a great investment. And so we've been stocking up there. That's awesome. I That's what I was going to ask you is if you had any like suggestion on um, which are your favorite meals to prepare for. I'm awful. This is nutrition and me. We just, the two of us, we don't mix. That's why I go to you. I'm like the worst. So don't come to me for any kind of my, my, all I would say is a lasagna. Like that's the best I got or spaghetti sauce, which I do love my mom's spaghetti sauce. So I will likely be asking her to batch me up a couple, but yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, different soups, curries, stews, um, chili. I mean, I've made some spaghetti sauces and just have frozen the actual spaghetti sauce. And then my husband can make noodles and then we can thaw that spaghetti sauce. Um, I think that's, I mean, no, that's, like, that's it. That's the ticket right there. That's what's easiest. I'm always yeah. about what's easiest, but unfortunately, sometimes it's not always the healthiest either. That's so. okay. I mean, as long as you can just eat. Yeah, <laughs> Don't, right. That's you know, our goal. Especially if you plan on breastfeeding and depending on what your recovery was like, I mean, you need that nourishment to fully heal and recover. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, so now that you've said the magic word breastfeeding, what is, what do you anticipate? Like I, I already, this is my third singleton. So I have like a pretty good idea of like which road and I, cause I, I just haven't, I, I know how to control it, which may sound a little crazy, but I've done this twice before and I follow the baby's lead. But at the end of the day, I feel like I've got, I really am in the driver's seat just cause I have I, my past experiences, but now going into um, having your twins, what do you like? What have you done to prepare, or like, do you anticipate like any certain direction? I'm thrilled to partner with my friends at Needed for this episode. Did you know I found Needed a few years ago when I was searching for my own prenatal vitamins? I am proud to say that years later, I am still actively and authentically using their product, and now I get to share them with all of you today. I cannot say enough good things about their prenatal options, the collagen proteins, and hydration support. The grapefruit flavor is by far my favorite. But let's be honest here. It can be difficult to choose a brand that can have such an impact on you and your growing baby. Did you know that Needed is recommended and used by more than 4,000 women's health experts from nutritionists to midwives, functional medicine doctors, and OBGYNs? Needed offers premium supplements for every stage, from egg quality support for women trying to conceive to a lactation support plan for breastfeeding moms to stress and sleep support that support all women. I am proud to say that I have been diligently taking my collagen protein before and now during my current pregnancy. Head over to thisisneeded.com and use code TIREDMOMSCLUB for 20% off your first month of needed products. That's thisisneeded.com and use code TIREDMOMSCLUB for 20% off your first month of needed products. I mean, my goal is to tandem breastfeed. Um, I think it's really important at the beginning to make sure that each baby is an efficient feeder. So I'll probably breastfeed them by themselves at the beginning just to make sure like, okay, is latch good? Are they getting enough? Are they having good weight gain transferring? Well, um, I know off the bat, I do want to start pumping because, um, I don't know. I kind of, I just envision my two older kids like sitting on the couch together. They each have a baby and they're just bottle feeding. Um, so I think at least one feed I would like one to two feeds is kind of what I'm envisioning would be a bottle feed. Um, but I do plan on mostly breastfeeding and, um, you. you know, I know that's always the goal. I'm sure the majority of people have that initial goal, but then I know once babies actually come, it's a different ball game. So yeah. I'm gonna be flexible and you and know. that could go first. That I mean that that was my story with my my multiples. I just figured I'd slap them on the boob and call it a day, but that did not happen for us. And that's how I turned into an exclusive pumper for you know six years ago, um, or five and a half years ago or so. But um, 
yeah, it doesn't multiple singleton. It doesn't matter. Right. We all have like an, you know, an expectation Mm -hmm. and sometimes it doesn't always go like start out that way, but you can certainly mold it in the direction you'd like as well. You know, obviously with like more additional help with that being said, do you think that you'll, do you'll like seek out another IBCLC or do you think that you'll like do most of your own, like (laughs) own assessing? Yeah, I do. I do want to be a mom. Like I don't want, I want to take off that professional hat and just like be there for my kids as their mom. So I think if I do hit any barriers, just kind of like to get a second opinion. Um, I'm good friends with Shelly from twin mom guide. I don't know if you follow her on Instagram, but she's an IBCLC lactation consultant and she has twins and she breastfeed fed them. So I plan on like reaching out to her and just like Shelly, yeah that's great and and kind of to add on to this which is a little bit of a it's kind of like um not quite on task with like our conversation but I think it's important to note as well if you're um if you're going to be your intention and you know assuming that everything goes in the direction you'd like and you're nursing babies at the breast and you're talking about also wanting to pump to collect for baby often and most times more than not you're going to hear well be careful you don't trigger and oversupply. So how do you anticipate like approaching that whole yeah. topic? I'm planning on only pumping like once a day, twice a day. So um I did have an oversupply with my first baby and she would only take one side and then I was super engorged on the other side and I remember like pumping 15 ounces at one point and it was not fun. Like people are like, oh my gosh, that sounds great. Like no, it is not. It was very painful. Uh with my second pregnancy, I tandem fed my toddler and my newborn. And my toddler, like I didn't really experience any engorgement. Like she did a great job, whatever baby didn't take. Like she helped with the other side. Um, so I think it will be helpful to have two babies <laughs> like nursing both sides. So I don't really anticipate a lot of engorgement. Um, I think the pumping would be in replace of a feeding too. So I don't plan on breastfeeding and then pumping immediately afterwards. Yeah. So I think that is also important to know is like you can cause an oversupply with double stimulation, but my goal is to pump in replacement of a breastfeeding session, like at the breast Absolutely. session. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's what I was, I I figured that's what you would say. Um, But I also, you know, from like our point of view, it's, you know, it might just be in the back of our head and you assume that that's what you're going to do. But as a listener and like someone that could be in this situation, I think it's just really important to just keep that in the back of your head that, like you said, double stimulation, or you see even with the singleton, you know, oh, I pump after I feed, like that's your double stimulation, whether you have multiples or a singleton, you're still triggering that potential oversupply, which, I mean, that's a whole nother topic. That's a whole nother conversation. Some people want it. Some people may, may, I don't hate to say the word need, but you never know what people like mm-hmm. fall the you know, categories they fall in. Maybe that's what they want. They need. Um, but if you're not looking to overstimulate, that's, that's the ticket right there. That's how you're going to help avoid overstimulation as a yeah. nursing mother. Yeah. And I feel like I know, like, obviously as a lactation consultant, how to know if baby is doing well at the breast, what to look for, swallows, output. Um, I do have a infant scale that measures to two grams. I'm planning on not using it too much um, because I don't want to, you know, like 
get more yeah. anxious or, you know, go crazy over the scale. But I do plan on doing at least like a weighted feed here and there just to make sure that they are transferring well. Um, so I think the more you know, the more you can prepare beforehand. Like if you're not familiar with breastfeeding, take a breast, a prenatal breastfeeding class because the more you know beforehand what to look for, how to make sure baby is getting enough, you can really be proactive and avoid, you know, slow weight gain or low milk supply, you know. So, um, you know, just kind of being on top of that. Yeah, there's a, that's one thing that I didn't do with my uh, my multiples. I remember at my baby shower, my mom's friend said to me, do you plan on breastfeeding these babies? And I looked at her kind of like, like, why wouldn't I? You know, and she's like, God bless you. And I like, all right, sure. Thanks. Like, thanks for the blessing. I don't know what that means. I had no education on breastfeeding at the time. Like I had seen my sisters breastfeed and they were very successful. So I thought, you know, I wouldn't have any issue. And, and then that obviously that wasn't the case for myself, but I do, if I could change anything, it would have been educating myself prior to the babies because it would have helped tremendously. Mm -hmm. I mean, our OBs don't push it. So as a new mom, you just don't know, like you don't know what you need to know. And I always say you can't fault yourself for what you don't know. So I, I, even though like I'm disappointed that I didn't know what I wish I would have, I'm not angry with myself. I don't like, I don't have a guilt or I don't fault myself because you can't, I just, I really believe you can't, you can't get hard on yourself for what you don't know, you know, but if, but, you know, here we are telling you, you know, if you if you're interested and you're in that position, it is going to be in your best interest to find some kind of support prior mm-hmm. to baby. You know, you don't you're not going to learn on the fly as well as you would lo- think you may. I, that's what I thought, you know, yeah. but no, everyone's like, it's a go, go, go hospitals like, you know, mm-hmm. there's just not time for the education, unfortunately. So yeah. it's always great to get that in beforehand. And with all that said, um, I know Kelly Kendall from the balance boob and I have a podcast. I want to say it's number two or three. Um, and we talk about, um, hand expression and collection Mm -hmm. of colostrum. Have you done any of this yet? Yep. I plan on doing that. So I did that with my first and second and plan to do it this round. So yeah, especially with like twins, sometimes they, you know, might need NICU time, might be separated, might have low blood sugar or, you know, and this can happen with singletons too. So I'm a huge proponent of collecting colostrum beforehand. And even if you don't use it those first couple of days, it's still so rich with antibodies that, you know, you can use it at any point postpartum. So with my second, we didn't have any complications with him at birth, but I was going to a wedding at five weeks postpartum. Um, it was my cousin's wedding and I knew that I was going to be baby wearing, but you know, there's still a lot of people in germs. So I saved some of that colostrum and gave it right before that wedding. And, um, then of course just kept him close to me, but you know, you can use that colostrum for so many things. So take advantage of that colostrum. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think another thing to add to that too, a little like, I'm just full of side notes. Um, But you often see if you don't, if you, if you remove colostrum during your pregnancy, do you run out of it for the, when the baby is delivered? Yeah. No, your breasts are a factory. And I remember there was this one nurse that told me like, do not collect your colostrum. You're not going to have anything for your baby. And I was like, no, that's not true. (laughs) Oh my Even if you're tandem breastfeeding, like your toddler during your pregnancy, like you will still have milk once your baby is born. Mm-hmm. So your breasts are a factory. It's going to keep making that colostrum. So you don't need to worry. Yeah, we're talking about a progression of hormones. 
we're not talking about like depletion of the colostrum or, you know, I, I do get that often when I talk about it. Oh, aren't you going to remove it if you don't, or, or even like you just mentioned, um, my baby is drinking all my colostrum. I'm not going to have any for, or like if they're tandem, you know, or yeah. whatever, yeah. um, if they're feeding an older child and yeah, I see that quite often. So I, yeah, definitely something to know. When will you start the, when will you start expressing so I know it's recommended to wait until 37 weeks, um, but I kind of want to start now at 33 <laughs> weeks. I'm just kind of like, you know, you never know when your baby's going to come. And I just want to make sure I have that. Um, the fear is that you would induce labor, but I'm also like, you know, if you can still have sex, <laughs> you can breastfeed. I mean, I tandem breastfed my during my second pregnancy and I went to 39 weeks, no contractions or anything like that. So there's a difference between like gentle hand expressing and pumping and like providing rigorous stimulation to your breasts. And I don't plan on doing that. So, um, yeah, I probably plan on <laughs> collecting pretty soon. Yeah. I don't blame you one bit. I would do the same if I were in that boat. I have, I, I'll be, I'm, I'm going to be C-sectioned again. This will be my third C-section. No, how many? No, no. One, fourth. two, four. Thank you. <laughs> this will be my fourth <laughs> C-section. Yeah. Um, so I know I'll go a week earlier at least just because that's, I guess, the way the cookie crumbles around here. Um, and, or at least around then. So I'll be like late June. So I'll probably start collecting probably about 37, 38 weeks. Cause I know, I also know my history and I've had, I can collect quite a, quite a load. So mm-hmm. I'm just That's gonna, great. I'm not gonna go. Yeah. There's no reason to like push it too far ahead. I don't, for my use, I, I hope not to really have to use it because, you know, we, we do collect our colostrum for these what ifs, which I completely support. I've been there and I wish I had it for my multiples because we did have low glucose and um, she was taken to the NICU. My son couldn't latch. Like it would have been fabulous to have it on hand, but I had no idea that it was even a thing at the time. Um, but moving forward, like now with this baby and like I've done with my previous, my previous singletons, I will collect leading up with the anticipation of like, I'll have it if I need it. But once baby's delivered, I'm going to, I'm likely going to latch baby if I can, but I'm still going into this as like, basically, I don't want to call it an exclusive pumping journey again, because I do plan on nursing throughout the night. Like we have found this really great balance where I can nurse during the night and I can pump and mm-hmm. bottle feed through the day. And I absolutely love it because it really does give me a lot of freedom and like yeah. allow me to like, people. I'm not trying to like get away from my babies by any means, but it's nice to have, I, I just like bottle feeding. <laughs> yeah. I like options. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best word for it with, yeah, it's certainly not a negative aspect of it all. Um, but I will, um, Oh, and that's what I'm saying. I'm sorry. So having the baby delivered, then I'll just hopefully like feed fresh right there. And then hopefully I won't have to go into my colostrum, but knowing that it's there really does provide a lot of, a lot of added security mentally. Yeah. 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 That's kind of what I'm hoping. Like, I don't want to have to use it, but it's nice to have just in case. Yeah. I think. Because your body stops producing colostrum like three to five days postpartum. So it's like if you have all this colostrum prior to that, why not take advantage and collect it? And then once your baby is born, obviously you're going to continue providing the colostrum those early days. Um, but then it's nice to still have as backup if you need yeah. to for a reason. 
Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I'll probably keep it around just because I have older kids who are in school and, you know, they're passing all these germs around. And that's probably one of my biggest fears. It's like they, my kids, myself might be fine, but babies, I mean, they're, they're babies and they get sick a lot easier and faster. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Are you kind of worried about that too? I guess you're delivering in the summer. So I am, but my, my list, this last singleton, um, who is now 18 months old, she got RSV in July. Mm. It was June, she was born in June, July, July, August in the summertime here in Chicago. We went mm. to some fest and, um, like a neighborhood fest and, uh, she got RSV. So oh. it's not yeah. like it can't happen. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, that really stunk, but, um, it, everything obviously turned out okay, but yeah, I would, just because it's a summertime, I still do worry, especially after my previous experience yeah. with RSV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you do? End oh. of February. Okay. Yeah. Right now it's in January 24th, the time of this recording. <laughs> so it'll be end of February. Wow. Um, so yeah, plan is a vaginal delivery with twins. Um, but if, you know, something happens, I mean, right now, baby A is breech. So um, the talk right now is C-section, but I'm trying to flip them and do the inversion, spinning babies, see a chiropractor, you know, all the things. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> well, well, good luck to you. I hope you get the delivery that you want. I hope so too, because my first two were not. So I really want this to kind of be that third time's a charm, that redeeming yeah. uh, delivery. But you see. earned it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> when I had, um, when I delivered my multiples, I remember going in and they said, well, baby A can come out vaginally, but um, baby B is transverse and um, in breach. And so they're like, we can try to flip them from the outside and this and that. And I was like, what are the, like, are there any complications with that? And they're, you know, and they're like, well, there's complications with anything. And I'm like, well, I am not going to deliver one baby vaginally and I'm then go C-section on the other. And I called, I'm not, I'm not having two war wounds. Like I <laughs> only want one exit path and whatever it is, it is, you know? So that's when I opted for my first C-section and it's just been that way ever since. And not because I had a C-section, but like my subsequent pregnancies, um, there were other things that were going on that just called for a c-section mm-hmm. so it's just yeah. it's just a path that i'm on it is what it is oh, well, i'm okay, okay with that yeah birth. you're still delivered babies so yeah, we're all healthy i honestly think it's amazing that we have technology we have the medical staff to perform c-sections um so yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm grateful for what we have at our fingertips thank god so yeah no i'm not going to get down on myself no way jose I'm happy. Yeah. I'm proud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Allegra, thank you so much for joining yeah. me. Congratulations. Gosh, thank you so much. Uh, we'll do this again. And we'll do it when you've got two babies on your boobs and we'll record another one. <laughs> I know. Then I can kind of listen back to this and say, wow. <sighs> and then, you know, with yeah. the twins, I know life yeah. is going to be very different. So I'm trying to prep as much as I can to make it a more quote unquote seamless postpartum period just because you're sleep deprived you've got twins you've got babies crying babies toddlers so trying to do what i can to alleviate the other 
stressors around the house. Sure. Well, anyone can do it. It's you. You're you always <laughs> amaze me. So if you if you aren't following Allegra over at Instagram, then you're gonna have to because she's just she'll. Put, I mean, I'm I can't imagine you're gonna document like every aspect of your life, but it will be interesting to see yeah, what I you get going on when you're up for it. Yeah. Yeah, you can follow me at aloha.nutrition. Cool. And we'll put that in the show notes and everything else that you need. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. much. Talk to you soon. Bye.